0: Welcome to the How to Buy and Sell a Business Business Podcast. Podcast. for joining us. As a reminder, legal topics we're talking about today is not intended as legal advice for general information purposes only. No attorney-client relationship is being formed by this podcast. We're happy to chat with you. If you've got questions, feel free to reach out to us. You can find information on our website at www.goformandlaw.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Buy or Sell Successfully podcast. My name is Sam Foreman. I'm a business attorney in Wichita, Kansas. Our firm works with uh, clients in Kansas and Missouri. We love working with folks buying, selling, uh, or transitioning to the next uh, generation of ownership. I'm delighted to
1: be joined by my co-host, Jake Wayman, today. Yeah, I'm uh, Jake Wayman, uh, owner of Orange Theory Fitness in town. Um, love all things entrepreneurship and just seeing uh, Wichita move forward. Yep, we're, we're excited to join you today. Our goal here with
0: this first, especially with this first eight episode series is to uh, really give a good overview of the deal process uh, and how everything fits together really talk about a lot of topics at a high level, um, so that you kind of see how it fits. Fits everything fits together. We're in episode four. What are the buyers and sellers' priorities? Glad you could join us. We hope that you will be educated, uh, empowered, and equipped through this process to have a more successful. Uh, deal process um, regardless of your role uh, in things so without further ado uh, let's talk about uh jake let's talk about the seller's goals and concerns and you've got direct experience uh with this because of your deal process um why don't you why don't you talk to me a little mm-hmm. bit about what you observed about you know the seller and and in your deal and what his priorities were
1: yeah i mean with with his situation is like i'd mentioned previous podcast when i had first talked to him about, um, buying the business, he had said no. And, you know, but that get got him thinking a lot about what are his, you know, goals for his family, you know, where is he at in his, um, you know, this business where he's in the life cycle of it. And, you know, for him, it was, I think one wasn't first and foremost was, you know, getting the best price for him. You know, he wanted to make sure that, cause he's built value cause he had owned the businesses for five years and he wanted to make sure that he was, you know, getting the best value from something that he was a part of and you know for him it's it's a it, it really big thing for him is it was transitioning to other life priorities so um he was involved in some commercial real estate um, where he was located at and his focus was being placed over there and he knew that with Orange theory his focus wasn't there as much anymore and you know so that's where his were for him so it was a, a thing of opening up some time for him to focus on those other efforts. And, you know, it was, um, it was, he felt it was his time in the life cycle of Orange Theory for him to, you know, find a seller or find a, find a buyer for his business. And so, I mean, it was, you know, it was kind of a a unique situation for it because, you know, it was, our situation was very unique because he, he saw my wife and I like he and his wife, he saw, a couple who wanted to really launch themselves, the entrepreneurial world and fulfill a a life dream of being business owners. And that's what he saw. He saw his wife and himself um, in Reagan and I. And so that was really cool to kind of really have that from from that standpoint.
0: No, that's great. And and that ties in a lot to what we've talked about in prior episodes about those relationships and just how important they can be and how valuable they can be. Mm -hmm. Um, one of the reasons we really want to focus on, you know, when we're doing a deal on understanding what are the buyer's priorities and the seller's priorities is that it's not a zero sum game. Mm-hmm. Um, some folks try to approach it that way. Yeah. You definitely see it and it, it'll have that dynamic at times. It'll have a dynamic at times where it's, it's me versus them and I'm trying to get a leg up or I'm trying to win this point or that mm-hmm. point or this term or that point. And so that, that will be part of the process in almost every deal. But as a whole it really is is a better deal process at least in in my experience and and in my opinion if the the dynamic between the parties is a relational dynamic where they're mm-hmm. thinking about we have gone through that early stage process really well and we figured out that we have a deal that we want to do that we like each other enough to to use jake's analogy in a prior episode uh, you know we like each other enough to go out on another date see what happens mm-hmm. um <clears throat> Those things are are really important because if you have people that are on the page, the same page well enough and they understand each other's goals and concerns, Mm -hmm. you can not only do a good deal where you carve up the pie correctly, but in the process you can actually make a bigger pie. Because uh, you know, I'll use this example from, from negotiations. If you do a really good job understanding the other party's priorities, you can figure out of all the pieces that you have on the board, here's a piece that I don't value a whole lot that the other party values a whole lot. And so how can I take this low value piece for me and exchange it to them and get them to give me a high value piece that I want in the Mm -hmm. process? I've ended up with a high value piece and they've ended up with a high value piece. Whereas maybe, you know, originally, you know, it was just two low value pieces.
1: Well, and I think kind of going back into that is, is being able to fully, it's, it's being fully transparent and being vulnerable enough with each other about, you know, what are your goals? What are your concerns? And letting them know, like, you know, from our Point you know, our, our our goal as a buyer was we wanted to, you know, capitalize on a business opportunity. I mean, really, we, we wanted to, we wanted to be more active in the health and wellness was very near and dear to Reagan and I's heart. And so it's like, this was a great opportunity for us to do that. And, you know, that was where we we were very honest with him on that. And by ha- telling him honestly, why we were looking to, why we wanted to purchase, you know, Orange Theory from him, that he he was like, okay, I want to help you with that because, right. you know, that is your goal, you know, and it was it's very much having that relationship there. I mean, I know it's going to be different in different circumstances because, you know, there are certain things to where a um, a seller needs to, you know, offload an um, an underperforming business. Um, they need to do right. it for tax purposes. They need to do it for all these different things, but understanding why they're selling. Right. You know, yep. really fully understand why they're selling yeah. and understand yeah. why you're buying.
0: Yeah. And having a good enough relationship with them to where you feel like you can, uh, you know, adequately adequately gauge that. And, and when we're talking about the relationship, it doesn't mean that you're going to be, you know, having a warm, fuzzy connection with them. You know, if they're, you know, if you're a young buyer and and they're an older seller, that it's going to feel like a mentor relationship or anything like that. But it but it needs to be a good enough connection um, on some level to where you have confidence in the information that you're getting out of the process, to where you can accurately gauge or at least accurately enough gauge um, you know what their priorities are, what the information quality is that you're getting from them, um, and that you can actually do a deal with somebody that you have enough trust with to do the deal well. Um, because if if you're going into it and you don't trust them, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you need to be you need to be real, real careful <laughs> about yeah, because you, do I mean, that you deal can be taken advantage if you do it at all. You can be taken yeah. advantage
1: of in yeah. a lot of different ways because if you know if uh, if a motivated seller mm-hmm. um, basically. The, how I say this is some smells smells fear. I guess you could say. I mean, this how I say that is really interesting because I mean, yeah. if, if you have a motivated seller, they're gonna and they know that you don't mm-hmm. know what you're doing. They can take advantage of you, right? And you right. you Absolutely. don't want that. I mean, you need right. to come to the table knowing what your priorities right. are. Well, and it, and
0: you know their deal team. It's their responsibility to go get the best deal they can for yep. their client. Yep. Um. And so you know we we're fortunate to work with a lot of clients. They're like, hey, I want a good deal but I want it to be fair. I want it to be reasonable. And so that's the way we approach it, you know, and there's a lot of efficiency and there's a lot of productivity to that. A lot lot of benefits to that, but you, you You know, that's not always the partner you're going to be dealing with. Sometimes to use, to use your analogy, um, Jake, you know, you're dealing with somebody that thinks like a shark Mm -hmm. and you need to understand if your deal partner thinks like a shark, Um, because if so, they need to respect you in the water. Yeah.
1: Well, and I will say like our, our situation was a very good process. We had a very good relationship between me and the buyer, me and the seller. Mm -hmm. And there was just, it was a good symbiotic relationship there that was there. And so that's why like my, my situation is is I'm not going to say it's unique, but it's one like, it's the best case scenario. And so I think it's like going through your due mm-hmm. diligence of understanding, you know, who you're working with on their deal team too, as well and going in with the eyes wide open mm-hmm. because everybody is looking for the best, best value for themselves.
0: Right, right. And if you have a really good understanding of your deal partner's priorities, their motivations, and you have a good relationship with them, mm-hmm. you can do what what I think the best deals do, which is everyone is working collaboratively yep. towards a common end, which is maximizing everybody's outcomes. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's not my job as you know my client's attorney to maximize the other party's outcomes. But if we put it together right on the front end. Um, You know, there's there's good opportunities to do that in a way that creates mutual value for everyone in the Mm -hmm. process. Um, And those are good deals. Those are good deals to work on. And part of the reason that that's important is because the relationship and the interaction usually doesn't stop at closing. Um, it's those connections continue. Mm -hmm. If you're the buyer, you need the seller's involvement for, you know, introductions to customers, introductions to suppliers, transition to the business, continued knowledge, all that other stuff. Um, if you're the seller... You know, you might be in a position where you just walk away, and it's like, give me my check and I'm gone. Yeah. (laughs) Or, or it might be one of those deals where it's like, hey, I've got an earnout. Yeah. Or, but you know, frequently there's going to be those interactive processes that you're going to have to continue to go through, and and those relationships are important. And so, creating that mutual value is not just, I think, a good, you know, ethical, moral way to approach a deal to think about it that way, but I think it frequently creates the most valuable value possible for everybody involved.
1: I want to think it's also having people on on your deal team that are educated on this they've been through the process before. So if you're a first time buyer, mm-hmm. you know, having somebody on your team who's been through the buying process before, you know, they can help you, you know, pay attention to certain things, watch for certain things that are being mm-hmm. said so you can really fully understand what the goals and concerns that you should have and the goals and concerns that they have too. Right, right. And that's,
0: you know, getting that figured out early in the process is really important because it helps
1: calibrate everything else. Yeah. This is the, this is very much part of the due diligence process. I mean, this is really mm-hmm. what it is, is, is trying to establish, you know, what are your goals? What are my goals? You know, right. and then, and what concerns do you have going right. into this? Because you've got to negotiate those initial deal points
0: and as you, to figure out if there's even a deal there. Yep. And if you can figure out, well, you know, what do they actually care about? Mm-hmm. Then you can figure out, okay, well, I, I don't really care about
1: that that much. They care about that a whole lot. Yeah. I really need this other thing. Yeah. You know, I can start to put that together. Well, what's interesting so. too, is like, I'm even facing this right now is I've been talking to you know, other, you know, Orange um, franchisees that um, are maybe interested in, you know, um moving on to something different and what matters to them first and foremost is the culture of their organization and it could be orange theory could be another business but the culture mattered because they built that culture Mm -hmm. and they want to sell to a person who understands culture and understands how they're going to take care of my people because you know they built that relationship over time and that was one thing with with pat when i was working with him on it is he was he was very concerned about his employees he was like i want them to be taken care of because he knew that and but he knew that we cared about that too. So, right. And you
0: know, one way to think about it is that everybody's got their own personal scorecard Yep, and it's your job in order to get a really good deal done to figure out what's at the top of somebody else's scorecard Mm because you're never going to, you're almost never going to be able to give them everything that they want. Yep, But if you know, Hey, legacy is driving this. They want to make sure that this remains a prominent business in the community with a strong local presence and, you know, uh, retention of employees and continuing to do these things that really matter that they've worked so hard to create. That can help you mm-hmm. develop the right relationship up front to be able to say, "Hey, I, you know, I understand these things are important. Here's what my commitment is to making these happen. Mm-hmm. I can't give you this other thing because that doesn't make sense. Because you know, we need to do this, that, or the other thing in order to get you to that number, for example. But I can do these things, yep. um, and I can do it this way. And it helps to really figure out, okay, maybe they don't care about price top. Mm-hmm. You know, they they care about price top within a particular range. You know, <laughs> we got to be close enough, but they really care about legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so so, so, and every—that's again where every deal partner is different. You know, don't assume that they're all going to wire and, and think the same. It's your job to build a relationship that gets you the information that you need to figure out how to make the right deal work the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, here's a couple of things that sellers are frequently going to have, as in, you know, in terms of their goals and concerns. And so, we'll talk about these real, real briefly. Just so they're on your radar, um, you know, liquidity and cashing out. You know, Sometimes that's the top of the list. That's, that's real important. You know, legacy, you know, just spent, you know, a good chunk of time talking about that. That can be really, really important for folks. Um, particularly when you're dealing with folks that are the founders they are the, you know, they're not just somebody who bought the business, grew it for financial reasons and now is ready to sell mm-hmm. it, but you're dealing with somebody who this is, this is their baby. Um, managing risk. You know, sellers don't want to be looking over their shoulders forever. Um, and so sometimes that's a that's a key concern is they're ready to unload the risk. Um, you know, if you've got somebody that owns multiple businesses, they might be thinking about it from the, you know, to use Jake's example earlier, it might be a distressed business and they're just ready to unload it. Mm-hmm. Um, if that's a high priority, you want to figure that out because not only is that <laughs> helpful understanding their motivation, but also to understanding the asset and figuring out, okay, what's not working right mm-hmm. here and how do, I, how do I plug this in correctly to my operation generations. Um, you know, sometimes it's transferring wealth to the next generation. You know, they've, they've built a business and either they're, they're wanting to figure out how to get, you know, the, their kids may not want to run it, but their kids may want to be employed there and they want to figure out how to make that happen. And, and maybe that's something you want to be comfortable with and maybe not. Um, or maybe they just want to sell it so that they can go pump it into, you know, a bunch of trusts, to take care of their kids and their grandkids. Um, transitioning to other life priorities, you know, we get folks that, you know, they've built something. It takes them 80 hours a week to run it and they don't want to do that anymore. They want to go be involved in their family. They want to be involved in their church, their community, you know, whatever it might be. Those are real important things. And so, you know, that can, that drives a little different dynamic than somebody who's trying to maximize prices at the top of their scorecard. Um, And for some folks, it's building a new dream. I've Mm -hmm. I've built something. I love building things. This Mm -hmm. is, this is my story. I love building things. (laughs) It's so much fun. Uh, it's so much work. It's exhausting. Uh, but you build things and then it's like I am not somebody who's going to build and then probably run something for 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to build it and then I want to hand it to somebody else and I want to go build something else mm-hmm. even if that's something else internal to my organization. Yep. Um and those are things that, you know, that's a different dynamic. You help you have somebodys that's that's their goal is they want to build and they want to transition. You know, that's going to drive a little different dynamic in the process, mm-hmm. um, but it's also going to help you understand, you know, when it comes to the the post-closing relationship, how they're going to function. And so getting that's real, you know, understanding that's real important. Um, so, so those are, those are all, I think, key, key thoughts on, on some, a lot of common motivations for sellers. Do you mm-hmm. have anything to add to that?
1: Jake? No, I think it, it, it's, you know, there's a lot to that. I mean, it's funny people say once an entrepreneur, always an entrepreneur. And so you, I mean, there's so many times you see founders of businesses is once they sell, they're already building the next. Thing, you yeah. know, and I, and I think yeah. that's where it's it's a finding that motivation on why to do that. I mean, yeah. kind of if you going back to if it's like a if it's an underperforming business. I mean, as as a buyer, it's understanding why is it underperforming, and it kind of goes right. back into a buyer's goal is like is can you bring value to that business? You know, really thinking about that because it's like, you know, is there potential for this business to grow? You know, if I'm bringing my expertise, my energy to it, can it grow? Um, Right. Because I mean, that's the thing is, it's almost like the seller's goals and your goals almost have to interlock, if you will, is really what it is. So if it's like, if it is, if they're, you know, looking to, you know, you know, getting the best price. Okay. Well, you want to get the best value, you know? And it's like, you know, if you want to make sure you get that because you're paying your money right into this to make sure that, that, you know, it, it's the right price. And, you know, and, and for me, when I was going through the process, you know, a big concern was, can I be successful at this? You mm-hmm. know, can I take on this risk, this responsibility and, you know, run a business? Can I do that? I mean, and that's where, kind of understanding that and knowing and having those concerns is a good thing. I think if you go into buying a business fully confident you're going to be very very successful at it, that's not the right approach. You know, mm-hmm. you always need to make sure, you know, what are the what are the what are the risks that are there, you know, what are you giving up? um, in this process for it. And, you know, I think it's, um, you know, when you're, when you're buying cause when you're starting a business and you're building it from scratch, you can build the team. Like you want to build the team, you can build mm-hmm. the culture. Like you want to build right. the culture, but when you're buying a business, you're, you're buying more than that. You're buying, like I said earlier, you're buying a culture, you're buying the team that they have, you know, you're buying the processes mm-hmm. that they have, you're buying all these things. Granted, you can come in and change them, but that's going to take time. And I think that something looking back is I wish I would have spent more time on understanding that, mm-hmm. that there was going to be those things that I was pushing that it was going to take time for me to, to invest the time to say, okay, this is what the current culture is. This is who the people are that are on the team. This is the processes they have, you know, and, and really going into that with eyes wide open. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's, I think that's really wise. And I think,
0: you know, a good way to think about it, to make sure that you're diligent in that process is think about closing as being the center of the timeline. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is something we ought to put together as, as a firm, a a good tool that kind of helps, helps really hammer that home is that the, the closing is not the end. The closing is. I mean, in many respects, it's really the beginning. But if yeah. you think about having a successful deal process, think about the closing in the middle. Yeah. Um, because in order to be successful, you know, it's not just did I get the the signatures? Did I get the checks? You know, if you're on the buy side, then this is specifically on the buy side for the seller. It's (laughs) frequently the closing is the end, (laughs) or it's very close to the end. Um, But it's it's you know it's the for the buyer it's the beginning and thinking about okay how does this work on the other end. How do I make sure that this maximizes value on the other end? And what are the steps I need to take? What is the timing going to look like? What's that commitment going to look like? What kind of capital do I need? What kind of team do I
1: need? It's, I mean, that could be a whole nother podcast to even talk about that, about what you do post close, Mm -hmm. um, because it is, I mean, there are so many things that I wish I would have done differently looking back on it now. Um, Mm -hmm. I just, I didn't take into consideration, um, the people side of it, Mm -hmm. um, very much so. And, 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 you know, we, we made it through, but there were certain things that, um, I probably could have avoided.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I'm glad you brought that up, Jake, because one of the, one of the most important things you can do as you're preparing for your deal is talk to somebody that's done a deal before, Mm -hmm. um, and preferably talk to numerous people that have done numerous deals. The more similar to your deal, the better. Um, but you know, also talking to people who've done completely different deals because you'll learn different things and mm-hmm. you'll learn from their experiences and then you can leverage their learning um, to your benefit. Yep. So um, w- one last thought on, you know, if you, if you're buying from somebody who's building a new dream and they're getting ready to go do their, their next thing, be really cognizant of uh, and really aware of things like non-competes, you know, intellectual property issues, yep. um, non-solicitation business relationship type concerns, because what you don't want to end up having happen is that. That new dream then is is sucking resources out, relationships out, um, or creating a competitor to the business that you're buying. Yeah. One of my one of my favorite commandments of a deal is thou shalt not fund thy competitor. Um, and so yeah. um,
1: <laughs> Amen to that. I mean, because it yeah. is, is they can, you know, it, a lot of it is, is they have good people on their team. Mm-hmm. They may get those good people to come join their new dream right. and right. build that new dream with them. Right. And, you know, it's like, because they were in an industry and they may have found, a way to do it differently and want to right. try it differently. And you know, it is, I think it's, it's the closer you can get to understanding what they're moving on to and having the agreements in place that allow them not to, to compete directly with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and it's all um,
0: back to relationships and understanding you might go into it and they're like, "Now, this is, you know, you want to know, Hey, I'm going to go do this. Okay. Yeah. Well, that doesn't mean that the deal's over. Uh, it may just mean that the risk profiles change and that the price has changed. Yeah. And, and that may m- still mean that there's a good deal there. Because mm-hmm. um, sometimes, you know, having competitors is a good thing. You know, have somebody else spending money to build your market. Um, that can be good too. But sometimes, frequently, <laughs> especially if they're going to go take your key people uh, or key assets or try to take those or, or do something to, you know, supersede those in the market, then it's, you know, the, it's just things you need to be aware of and you really need to have good detailed conversations about making sure that you're on the same page there. Yep, 100%. Um, so talking real quickly here at the end about... About, you know what are what are some buyers' goals and concerns, Jake? Why don't you talk a little bit about, you know, in a little bit more detail about some of the concerns, some of the the priorities that you had um, as you were going
1: into your deal. Um, you know, for us, I mean, one, it was, uh, getting the the best value. I think that was first and foremost. Um, you know, another concern was, uh, you know, can I be successful at doing this? You know, I wanted to make sure that I could come into it and, and, you know, the business was, was not, it wasn't necessarily underperforming, but it was in a place to where it could improve. And it's Mm -hmm. like, do I have the ability to make it improve? Um, you know, and it, it kind of is, you know, kind of going into building a dream. I mean, for us, this is what the dream of of my wife and I was, was become entrepreneurs, become business owners. And, you know, how does this fit into our, you know, our family lifestyle, those sort of things. And, you know, it's, it's, I think one of my biggest concerns is, was not getting taken advantage of, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's why I wanted to make sure the right people on my deal team to make sure I wasn't getting taken advantage of um, in that process. Uh, You know, it's, and there's just, it's, you, you're just, your eyes are open to a lot of different things when you start these conversations and um, what I would say to people that are looking to buy a business is ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, there's never a, there's never a, a stupid question. There never is because there, somebody's probably asked it before and you got to know the answer to it. So don't be afraid to ask questions um, both of the seller and then also of, of your deal team too.
0: Yeah. And if you're worried about the appearance of looking too, too much like a newbie or like you don't know what you're doing, and um, you know, have good conversations with your professional team. Your professional team has heard all these questions before. They mm-hmm. don't expect you to know everything. They're not going to think less of you because you don't know the answer. Um, sometimes they'll be grateful for the question because you have to pay them for the answer. <laughs> but uh, So be careful what questions you ask them and, and what format and how long. Um, <laughs> be, beware of those. Ask over lunch or over a beer yeah. It's cheaper, trust me. Well, and, and that's um, kind of, yeah,
1: it's like, Go
0: ahead, do it, Sam. Yeah, but but also um, uh, think about Google. Um, Google is a great place to start. It's a terrible place to finish, but it is a great place to start because you can find a lot of information out there that's going to help educate you about, okay, um, this is a normal thing or this is not a normal thing and it's free. (laughs) I mean, it does take your time, but, and so you want to be thinking about, okay, uh, if this is going to take me four hours to figure out on my own, you know, can I call, you know, my accountant or can I call my lawyer or can I call my you know my subject matter expert who's helping me who knows everything about the industry and and get the answer in 10 minutes or 15 minutes because frequently that's going to be better than spending a ton of time but as you as you think about you know early stage understanding how does the industry work um you know what is what what should i be expecting you know that's it's a great place to start because mm-hmm. there's just so much information um, you're always you should always expect you're going to find something that says hey this is really good and, hey this is really bad and hey this doesn't matter and so it's just mm-hmm. you know it's it's it, that's why it's, it's not a good place to
1: finish <laughs> well yeah and i think that's it is it's being able to have that, those conversations with not only mentors people have been there but you know again google is your best friend because there are people that have gone through it before that it's documented in there to like right. what do you need to expect for a you know what 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 should my goals be what should my concerns be mm-hmm. what questions should i should i bring up there's so much information right. out there too you know, disseminate through and have right. those conversations. So again, yep. it's, it's you're it's, it, if this is your first time or your 15th time going through buying a business, I mean, it's always okay to ask questions. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: There, uh, there's an old saying, it's not mine. It's not original. There are no stupid questions; only stupid people that don't ask questions. Um, don't be a stupid people. <laughs> um, uh, real quickly, a couple of the things that buyers are often looking for, uh, and that can be really helpful for you as a seller to understand. Um, you know, not just are they getting the best value out of the deal, uh, and think about value from the buyer's perspective. Value isn't always you know price; it isn't always you know um, you know networking capital. You know, it's, it's it's it can be a lot of different things. Um, Sometimes it's strategic value, specifically strategic value. And so this is, again, where understanding your buyer, is your buyer a financial buyer? Are they just looking at a particular return or are they looking to plug your business into a broader enterprise and it creates more value there? Because that may help you figure out how to optimize the asset and the sale. Um, <clears throat> it might be capitalizing on a particular business opportunity, um, which can really, again, you know, play into how do I optimize the positioning of this business? How do I figure out how to button up particular risks um, and position this best to be most valuable to the buyer? Um, sometimes it's acquiring talent. Um, you may have the best designer, the best engineer, the best you know team on this, that, or the other thing, and that's what they really care about and that's what they really want. Um, and again, understanding that can help you optimize the deal terms and figure out what are the valuable chips on the table and which ones are, you know, things that don't really matter that much. Um, uh, sometimes it's your continued involvement that can be a high priority. If you are, you know, the uh, uh, the gal who knows everything about this industry and you've got all the experience, and you've got all the knowledge and you're continued participation is critical that can be really high on their scorecard because that drives value and once you leave you know if your replacement isn't adequately trained then their are toast and their value is gone one kind of um, on that
1: note is is the seller's relationships that are yeah. in there i mean and that's kind of another point is minimizing the risk of lost relationships because mm-hmm. you know there could be certain suppliers that that they have great relationships that have great prices great right. negotiated rates with um, they could have great customers that are long standing customers yeah. that you know that that was the relationship was built by the pre, by the seller Right. And making sure that the seller, that, that knowing that there, there needs to be some introductions there, some relationship building there, that the seller is going to be very actively involved in helping that happen. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then sometimes it's building the
0: dream. You know, it's exactly what you described, Jake. It's, you know, we want to come in, we want to build part of our dream. Mm-hmm. This is part of our dream. And um, understanding all of that just puts you in a better position to help do what I think is really critical. And this is why I think this topic is so important is think about your deal partner like a customer because they have priorities and they want to buy something. Even if they're the seller, they're looking to buy something. What they're looking to buy is that next step in their life, that next step in their career, the next step in their dream. You know, cash it out. And if you understand what they want, you can figure out how to maximize the value of delivering it to them Um, and create mutual value in the process in a way that really advances your priorities as well. So um, with that said, thank you all for joining us for episode four of eight. Um, Today we talked about what are the buyer's and the seller's priorities. Hope this was really helpful for you. Please join us for uh, the remaining four episodes of this eight uh, episode overview of the deal process. Um, We really hope that you come away from this, um, you know, educated, uh, empowered and equipped to really have a successful deal process, whether you're buying a business, selling a business, or looking to um, to maybe transition to the next uh, next generation of ownership. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, please check out uh, our firm's website, goforminlaw.com. We'll have the podcast posted there as well as on a variety of platforms. And we'll have some accompanying blogs and resources um, that I hope will be useful to you in your deal process. Thank you so much and have an extraordinary day. Don't be a shark.